0: Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors, beneath crystal chandeliers, and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfront wedding venue. With all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way, the gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name's Deborah Hatswell, and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Now, for listeners who tuned into part one of this series on the podcast last week, you may remember one particular report that was made by a lady who lives in Malton in Yorkshire. When the report was finally released, it brought forward two of the witnesses from the same area. This week, we have a similar case in an area central to the Midlands that has brought forward another witness to what could be the same creature. Situated not too far from the infamous canic Chase, where there are several reports of strange creatures, Baggeridge Country Park is a beautiful area of the countryside, on the doorstep of the black country. The people here are honest, hard-working folk, not prone to making up encounters with anything for flights of fancy. The witnesses I've worked with in the area, although confused, explained to the best of their ability to what happened to them that day. It takes a lot of courage to come forward and share something like this, especially in a working-class town with a no-nonsense population. Most people are just trying to make it to payday without impending doom. But that's how the elite keep us distracted, isn't it? Keeping a roof over your head and food in your belly has to trump confusion and fear every time. Sadly, very few witnesses have a trust fund on Mummy and Daddy to fall back on after the horror-filled event. Tony is not an exception to this rule. Like me, he works for a living and when he has free time, he likes to take his dog and walk the woods. is a man after my own heart. Now there's a certain solitude I need that only the woods or the sea can provide me. They have an energy all of their own. They free me and it's the same for others. Sadly, not for everyone I know. It's a work in progress and it's often a different stage on the journey for all of us. In our first case tonight, you've already met the witness. If you remember Tony, he was a gentleman who worked at a Cheltenham hotel that was haunted. And if you'd like to listen to that report, it is actually on my YouTube channel and on my podcast sites. Tony got in touch with me again recently because we, we've been talking backwards and forwards and as you know, many people have more than one experience. Um, and I'd, we were talking about, if, from what I can remember, kind of grunting experiences, or you know, the shadowing or following that people hear. And he said, you know, Deb, your report on the Bigfoot creature seen at Baggeridge Country Park triggered a long lost memory for me of what I thought back then was a disturbed deer scampering away. Now, knowing what I know, I'm now recalling the event, and I'm not so sure it was a deer. This happened not too far from the now baggage country park, about half a mile, if, you know, give or take. Even when I thought it was a deer, it still creeped me out. I lived on the Straits estate next door to the woods there, and back in the 80s and prior to that, The woods were frequented by lots of children like myself, you know, we'd go out there and play or you'd get the local pot poachers and a few dog walkers. When I was an adult, Tony said, I had a lurcher dog and went out exercising. She would sometimes catch a rabbit for the pot. I'd go all over Baggeridge and beyond on my walks and I'd take her out usually three times a week, early in the morning, just before dawn. The day I want to tell you about started out as normal. I went through Baggeridge Woods, but I saw no sign of Rabbit. I decided to head further on towards the Wombo village area, to a woody copse about a quarter of a mile away. I would cross over the A449 Stourbridge Road onto Withymear Lane, where there was a little footpath that gently rose up onto the plateau above Wombourne. The footpath at the time was on the left-hand side, and it had a banked hedge at some points. It ran all along the way, several feet above the path. The right-hand side was lined with mature oaks and trees, etc. Now, the hedge in places could not be seen through. It was just so thick and the scrub was very dense. And on the other side of the hedge was pasture land. So, this is good land to look for rabbits. That particular morning, I was making my way along the path. when, to the left over the hedge. I heard a loud crashing sound as if something was fleeing through the brushwood. I put it down to a deer fleeing after disturbing it, but that's what I told myself at the time. I went on up the pathway to the top where the track joined the pasture field. I made a point of looking back down the side of the hedge that the crashing noise came from, but I didn't see any deer or any other animals anywhere. So I carried on my way and the dog was off as normal hunting. It was on my way back down from the same footpath that I was creeped out by heavy footsteps on the other side of the hedge, following me. Once I was aware of them, I realised they stopped when I stopped, and they started as I set off again. The dog was ahead, didn't seem to notice anything. She was just being normal, you know, sniffing, peeing, etc. I was on my guard, as I did have a feeling of dread that washed over me, which I think spooked me even more. Tony said, I'm no tart when it comes to defending myself, but I could not see what this was. And when I stopped, there were no other sounds coming from the direction of the footsteps. I'd seen no other people on my walk, so I was on alert. I decided to take the better side of caution and I walked on, only to hear a grunting type of noise and the sound of those footsteps keeping up with me. I thought, It must be a loose cow or a deer or a horse, but I could see nothing through the thick hedge above me. When I had made it about halfway down the path, the hedging started to thin out and the ground becomes level. And then I heard what sounded like a stamp or a thud, as if someone had landed after jumping over a gate or a hedge. Tony went on to add that this creeped him out even more. He said, I hurried to the end of the footpath where it met the lane and the line of houses. I walked a couple of yards to the side of the hedge where the noises came from, but I could still see nothing, even when looking back up the field. I shrugged off the negative feeling and I carried on back home towards Breggeridge and I put it out of my mind, until your report, Debs, all of those years later. He said, and then there was my encounter with a black shuck dog. That happened sometime later, right next to Woody Park, where you've marked a report of a Bigfoot sighting. It happened literally 15 feet to the right of Woody Park. Thanks, Deb. Tony. Now, Tony touched on the other reports that I've taken that have happened in the same area as his strange shadowing experience. And that's what we call this Something moving within the bush that you can't see. It stops when you stop and it walks when you walk and tends to have a feeling of dread come over them or a feeling of being watched. So, shadowing is a word that we use because it covers all of that. Many, as you know, of our witnesses are people out with their dog. Tony was out with his dog looking for a chance to catch a rabbit for the pot. In a field close by, a case came to light in the early 2000s. The case also included another man. He was out looking for a rabbit for the pot. And this report is known as the pen-crouching unknown thing. And it was researched by Karen Charlton. Um, Karen actually has done an enormous amount of research into British Bigfoot and the wood waltz. And I think that we should recognise that, actually. She's done a number of cases in the UK, and it's quite rare back then in the early 2000s for us females. Um, to be allowed into the field of cryptozoology, but thankfully we've left all that behind us. Karen did this report, and I'm reading it out as she wrote it, and she said, The witness, who was around 15 or 16 at the time of his sighting, was hunting in the fields in the Penn area of Wolverhampton with his friend. He was in his usual position within the field, and he had his rabbit gun and a torch to light up the field. As he was scanning the light across the area, looking for movement or eye shine, The torch picked up a crouching human-type figure. The figure was much bigger than an average human, and in his own words, it was huge in height and width. His friend promptly ran off, leaving the witness alone. So he followed suit, and he legged it also. Of course, now he's older, but he is still certain of what he saw, and he said, it was not of the normal world. As I said, Karen Charlton is an avid investigator and researcher and she studied British Bigfoot after a strange experience that she had in Keswick and out hiking with her husband. She had that same shadowing experience and a number of things were thrown at her. Her daughter also saw a large, dark, muscular creature chasing a rabbit in a field not too far from the reports that I'm sharing today. Penn is a mixture of homes and semi rural land with huge areas of greenbelt and fields and woods. It leads to the Cotwell Nature Reserve in the Black Country. Though the name Black Country rises many connotations, I would imagine. People always presumed it was cursed or it was because the area was negative in some way, but it's not. The name has been used since the mid 19th century and it's thought to refer to the colour of the coal seam or the air pollution from the many thousands of foundries and factories around the time. I told you these people are hard working people. In
0: 1860... 1860- With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. we were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. Chumba. The DMV.
1: 97. Or. Chumba.
0: House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. Chumba. Live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. Voidware
2: prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 62. Elihu Burritt famously described the area as being black by day and red by night. The black country officially became a world famous UNESCO Global Geopark in July 2020 for its internationally important geology. Much of the region lies upon an exposed coalfield where mining has taken place since the Middle Ages. Now, while Dudley and Wren's Nest also have limestone mines, the Wren's Nest was designated Britain's first natural nature reserve for geology in 1956. They found fossil remains, some dating back from as far as 420 million years ago and they've been found in the area. The trilobite is found so often by the quarrymen in the 19th century that it became known as the Dudley Bug or the Dudley Locust. I wonder if this is the reason there are so many cryptid reports across Staffordshire. Could these creatures be subterranean? If not all year round then maybe in times of hardship, bad weather? Or in times of sickness or birthing? Are the tunnels used to travel unseen to other areas of the country using these caves, the mines and the natural tunnels? I Noted there was a quarry and regular listeners will always say that, that that tends to pop up most of the time. Something of note though. Sherwood Forest has reports of two creatures standing side by side and they were seen at the opening to one of the cave systems there. Well, close to it anyway. Beulil, where I had my experience, also has mining seams and tunnels running below it, just like Sherwood. Winter Hill is a place you hear me speak of often, another area with a high caseload of creature reports. It also has tunnel systems and mines below it and you often see cavers in the Angles Crags area of Charla. If you live locally to Baggerage Country Park or Woody Park, the areas mentioned by Toner, Do you know if there are any tunnels locally or within the park itself? Now, there was a further case in Baggerage Park that came to light in 2017 when another investigator went out to the ridge after learning of the earlier encounter of the men hunting rabbits that was investigated by Karen Charlton. Whilst there, he met a couple who had this story of their own to share. They called what they saw the Black Country Stalker and they saw it at Woody Park in April of 2017. Now in Baggeridge Country Park there is an area that they call the Ridge. Now this area is a horseshoe shaped path and it follows the tree line in a half circle. The path is only single file wide with trees on both sides of it. One side of the path falls down a hill and the other side has a slight incline or an embankment and it is very quiet there. Very few people use this route when visiting the park as it's off the beaten track. One morning, a lady and gentleman were walking their dog on the path. As their dog is not great with other dogs, they prefer to walk him alone or off path. The ridge is a place they used to walk him often. They did it on most of the mornings and it was on one particular morning that they witnessed a strange creature at the halfway point on the path. It was about 9.30am And as they were walking along, it was the husband who became aware of the shadowing creature first. The man noticed a dark figure standing in the trees around 30 feet away from him. He thought it was strange as the figure seemed to be watching them from behind a tree. And then it would duck back in behind the tree each time. The man decided not to say anything to his wife. He didn't want to alarm her. They continued to walk. But the figure stayed around the same pace as them and continued to try and remain hidden. The strange figure would duck in and out of the tree line as it walked. After about 10 minutes or so had passed, the man's wife noticed that he seemed a bit anxious and she asked him what the matter was. And he told her what he'd seen and he pointed out the figure. And she eventually spotted it and also saw it ducking back in and out as if it was peeping at them from behind trees and then popping back in. She said it was hiding behind them. The couple's dog then started barking and growling at it, whatever it was. The couple rushed off as best they could with the dog now on the lead and eventually reached a fork in the path. And they chose the one which would take them straight back to the car park. As the couple turned at the bottom of the path that leads out of the woods and onto the open fields, they stopped to catch their breath. And as they looked back from where they'd come, The creature had stepped out onto the open path. They both agreed the creature they saw stood upright. It was very dark in colour and it was covered in hair. The wife said it was around 8 feet tall, but the husband said possibly closer to 7 feet. They went on to add, he didn't follow us any further. They go back to the car and now they no longer walk their dog in that area anymore. I've heard of the shadowing behaviour mentioned, and we discussed it before, didn't we? By most of these witnesses, many times before. Usually in a country park or a nature reserve, it's where as humans visit, isn't it? I wonder just how many times in our lives we watch without even knowing it. You know, we are wandering the past in a place that we love. Not seeing what follows us through those trees. Often noiselessly, as if it wants you not to know it's there and sometimes very noisily, as if it wants you to know that it is there. I'm not sure which is worse. There doesn't seem to be an easy option, to be fair. You know, a foe, you know, is following you, observing you, but you cannot make eye contact with it or them. You can hear it, you can feel it, and you can fear it, but you can't see it. How do you fight that? Now, it was only three short years later, in 2020, when our next witness came forward to report his experience in the same area. He said, Deb, I'm not sure what I saw in early May of this year, 2020. I was running late for work, so I decided to cut through the country lanes that runs towards Kimber to pick up the A449 road a bit further down. I was down the back end of Lower Penn near Wolverhampton on a road called Showell Lane. It's a single track road with woods and fields on both sides. As you come to the bottom of the road, there's a few houses and an old, very overgrown footpath or a right-of-way access or something like that. It's set back about 50 feet from the road. And it was when I got to that point, I saw what I first thought was a man in a hunting suit, you know, like a sniper's thing or a ghillie shoot. It has all these shaggy, hairy stuff all over it. He said, but this was orange, kind of an orangey colour, like a red setter dog, but lighter. Those suits are usually brown and green, aren't they, Deb? He said then he realised the sheer size and bulk of the man or the thing. He said, I knew then it couldn't be what I initially thought. It wasn't a man because this thing was at least seven feet tall. It was massively thick around the chest and shoulders like an American footballer with all his pants on. I was quite a bit away from it and it was sort of stepping back into the shade of the foliage. But it was scary. I'm a man of six feet. I'm 22 stone. I've trained and kept fit for years, but I felt scared and small compared to this thing. So I just floored it. And honestly, I regret that now. I've since, after doing a bit of research, found quite a few sightings around the Midlands and Shropshire areas where other people have seen similar things to what I saw that day. And now my fear has turned more into a need to understand what I saw that morning. Most folks who study the subjects that I enjoy, you enjoy, have heard of Canic Chase. You know, each of the reports I've shared with you up to now, all happen within walking distance of the chase. The reports tend to run close to rivers and canals in that area, and honestly all the way through the UK. Enough that I would like to suggest that this is possibly the way these creatures are moving around, mostly unseen. Each creature or figure witnessed as a different colour, different description which tells me it is not the same being who is seen over and over. If I was a betting woman, I might have a wager that it won't be too long before we hear from the black country stalker again. But that's not the only area of the country. There are several areas in the UK that have clusters of reports like this, usually taken many years apart, you know, as slowly as each report comes in. It starts to add or build a picture of the area. And then we can look at, say, the body type, facial features, colour of hair, skin or fur, in the hopes of establishing if it is the same creature being seen. I also like to look for woodlands with legends of, say, screaming ladies or howling wolves and make a note of any hints of a running heavy figure, any objects thrown or people shadowed and stalked, just like we're talking about tonight you do that in the hopes of building up a picture of a daily or maybe seasonal or yearly pattern and once we can work that out maybe then we can work out the time of year that we need to put investigators in that area or the time of year where we need to say look you don't need to be going in that woodland during august just leave it you know when it feels better go back this could all be conjecture or pie in the sky i don't know i'm just speaking out loud with my friends now let's head to another area of the country we'll go to stanley where we have all of the habits and the activity mentioned previously. It's a small town there called Beamish, and there are a number of witnesses who have reached out to tell their experience of seeing tall, hairy, ape or caveman-like creatures, is how they've described it. So much so, some local folk call it the strange figure, the Stanley Yeti, or the Beamish Hippie. There are also reports of the shadowing following events And people who experience feelings of being dread, or they suddenly feel no longer alone. Now, I've reported on these cases before, so I won't go into them in depth for you. But a recent report came in during April of 2022, which could tie in to the previous reports I've taken there. And it said, I was followed by the Stanley Hipper. I was stalked, and I was shadowed. Our witness said, hello, Deborah. I've just read the post you wrote where you shared a number of reports about the Stanley Hipper. I wanted to get in touch as I've had my own experiences with this thing in the Beamish Woods. It was around 1990s. I was followed by something for miles as I was walking. I never saw anything, but I knew I was being stalked. And I knew it was not a good situation that I'd found myself in. I couldn't shake the foreboding feeling that was really intense. When I walked, whatever was in the trees and shrub walked, and when I stopped walking and stood still, it stopped walking too. And it was really close to me, but I couldn't see it. I've spent years roaming that area, never had any experience like it before or since wonder how many of us that are out there that have experienced this kind of feeling, like this knowing that something's in there, but you just can't see it. The first case that I became aware of in this area um, was reported to me by Karen Horton, and she was the lady who saw a wild caveman. He was naked and hairy, and he was hiding up in a tree. Happened in 1974. Karen was playing with a bunch of children when this happened, and she's carried that experience with her for more than 50 years. And the confusion and the fear she felt that day is still just as strong. Karen's case was investigated by Carl Linneman, who's from the northeast of England himself. Whenever I have shared Karen's account over the years, it would bring in another person who had also seen him or been shadowed by something along the coast to coast road. One man reached out to me via YouTube and he shared his experience from a number of years ago. He said, I'm from Stanley, and this tale has gone on for years around here. Loads of people have seen it. That thing, the Yetta, the Mad Hippie, the names they're giving it. Apparently, it is living in the Star Woods. If you look from high ground, you can see a woodland that resembles the shape of a star. I witness said about 20 years ago now, me and five of my mates had a brick thrown at the car as we were driving near the Beamish Museum. We saw a figure moving at great pace in our direction after the brick was thrown. The figure cleared the fence. It ran across the road. It cleared the other fence in seconds and with ease. Then it disappeared into the woods. Now, bear in mind, it was moving quicker than the car we were in. This was at night. There are a vast amount of tales revolving around Beamish like this, he said. He said, Ask people, they'll tell you. The list endless. Then add to this the man who was watched and stark from the churchyard as he rode his bike on the coast-to-coast road one night after visiting his girlfriend. In the exact same area, people report a feeling or sense of sudden dread. Then you have two separate sets of geocachers who were both spooked from the woods by the clear noise of running feet and a sudden feeling of dread. Each of the geocache groups attended on separate occasions yet they both experienced the same type of activity. In one other case from the area, the witness did not know if she was saved from harm by the creature she saw or if she had a very lucky escape from it. The incident started with a clear wood knock. Was the wood knock a warning to her or a warning to other creatures? Who was the predator? The man close behind her? or the hairy figure in the trees. The lady is from the area and she said, I live a mile from the town of Stanley. I like to walk the cycle route as it's peaceful, full of wildlife. Something strange happened to me once and I wanted to tell you about it Deb. On this particular day I walked into town using my normal route as it was such a nice day. On the way back home I was reluctant to walk that way for some unknown reason but I decided to go against my gut feeling and I headed up the line to my home regardless. She went on to add, My music was quite loud through the headphones, to where I couldn't hear if anyone was behind me. There is a part of the line where I always feel uncomfortable, and I tend to walk really fast through that part of the woods. And as I was approaching that section of the line, I heard a very loud knock, loud enough that I heard it above the music. I immediately stopped in my tracks, and I took my headphones out. And I turn around and I realise that there was a man right behind me that I wasn't aware of. He heard this knock as he was looking around to see where the noise was coming from. I crouched down, scanned the tree line up the embankment to my left, as it is all just wild bushes and trees. I was trying to see what had made the noise. And as I did this, the man looked at me strangely. And then he walked past. I took a few steps forward and I looked again. And I saw two thick, hairy black legs. I know they weren't human legs. And they were standing at the top of the embankment in the tree line. I thought it was a horse at first glance. So I took a few steps further and I couldn't see anything. There was nothing there for me to determine what animal this was. So I backtracked a few steps and the legs were still very noticeable. And at this point, I became uneasy. I walked as fast as I could. Now I couldn't say whether this thing followed me as the bushes and the trees are quite dense in certain parts along the railway line. One local man, who lives directly between the last two reports, had this to say. I used to live in the row of houses that looked out onto those woods, and my house and the two that joined onto it were very haunted. You'd see glowing lights in the woods late at night. I told myself it was teenage smokers, but it could have been something else. Another tale from a short walk away. It tells of local residents who report seeing red eyes in the tree line in October of 2005. There are five reports in total in this very small area. This area is very close to the coast and you can access the Scottish Highlands, the Northumberland Hills, Yorkshire Dales. Just follow the rivers and streams inland. It's also an area where you have heavy mining, just like the areas where we had our other reports tonight. In the second half of tonight's podcast, I'd like to bring you some news on a future project, the first part of which will air next week. Over the years, I've been lucky enough to talk to many experts in the subjects that we all enjoy. Recently, I reached out to a number of them, whose names you'll know well, and asked them if you would each possibly share just one report with us from their very large collections gathered from witnesses all over the world and compiled with years of dedication, really. I think it's a way of honouring them for all the work that they've put in. So over the last few weeks, as those reports have come in, I was floored to see the wealth of information collected by each person, and we cannot let that go. I am honoured to share them with you all, and I think they need to be shared. Next week, we will hear from Iga Burtsev, the Russian hominologist, and Christopher Murphy, who has collected a wealth of reports and data all across Canada. I will of course also share any UK creature reports that are very same or similar as well as America and Canada and any report that I can match up to it. The universe has been very kind to me over the years and she's put me in touch not only with witnesses but many people who excel in their field and I realised that this was a resource I really should share with you all. In 2015 I was contacted by Cliff Barrickman And I'm going to give my friend Michaela's podcast a plug. It's called the Paranormal or What podcast. And she will be interviewing Cliff this week. He's well known, you know, for his extensive work on the subject of the American Sasquatch in his home state, but also worldwide. He is a well known, well respected and honest researcher. Cliff had received this report from a gentleman in Scotland. Now, for context, the TV show Finding Bigfoot travelled to the UK in early 2015. And when they did, they met a number of UK witnesses who shared their experience with the team. Myself and Adam Bird were involved with it, but we did pull out for personal reasons. One gentleman came forward and shared what happened to him with Cliff. The experience happened on a Scottish road one night, he said. Cliff then shared the report with me and I shared it with the local newspaper reporter. After the report was made public, another man came forward who had the almost exact same experience 10 years previously on the same stretch of road. The sighting report happened in a very beautiful part of Scotland, less than a mile from the Tay estuary and close to the A92 road. Our witness was in his car. He was taking a route he knows well. When this witness was at the five roads roundabout, he encountered a strange hairy, human-type figure, and those are his words. The area was bordered by thick trees, and there was thick foliage on both sides of the road. Our witness was driving home from work. This is his account in his own words. After navigating the five roads roundabout, our witness said that he was driving home southbound on the A92, when my car headlights picked out what I thought was a man standing by the left-hand side of the road. I could see his figure clearly. He stepped out in front of my car, and I naturally brought the car to a halt to avoid hitting this strange individual. This person was a large, hairy, ape like creature, which turned to look at the car as I approached it. So it was aware of me. Its eyes gave out a kind of shine, which was noticeable, and it crossed the road in about three large strides. I felt uneasy, but I brought the car to a stop and I put the window down. I could hear something crunching away in the woods there as if something was clearly moving through that forest. I had no torch with me to shine towards the sounds. There was an unpleasant odour in the air, and I suddenly got a feeling that I was being watched, and everything went very quiet and very still. There was complete silence all around me. It was unnerving. And then, shockingly, just continued to drive home. I didn't even realise I'd started to drive. I didn't stop until I reached my house. Thinking back, this individual was well over seven feet tall and he was a dark brown colour. His hair was of reasonable length. I've never seen this thing again anywhere in Scotland and up to now, I only confided in my partner. I thought these creatures existed in other parts of the world, but not here, in the UK. I know unequivocally what I saw and it's still clear in my mind, as if it happened only yesterday. There are rumours of sheep and cattle disturbances in the area from the local farmhands, he said, and the land managers, but I have heard of no sightings of large hairy creatures in that area of Scotland in general, for that matter. He said, I work as a civil servant for many years, and I've experienced some crazy stuff, but I must admit that this was a big surprise to me. Now he states there that there are no other reports of hairy creatures and he's entitled to that because at the time we didn't know of any more. But as previously mentioned this report, when it was made public it brought forward a man named Mr Luke who shared his experience on the same part of that road. He too was unaware that there was another witness and he was also unaware of any other creature sighting in Scotland as a whole. Mr Luke said a... Oh, this went to the newspaper, let me get it correct, yeah. Mr Luke, a 46-year-old local man, finally spoke about his experience with a creature that happened 10 years earlier, in 1995. Mr Luke stated that he saw a Bigfoot creature roaming the five countryside. He didn't speak about his own experience until he saw a report made by another local man in a local newspaper. Mr Luke, who is a carer, said he spotted the tall, hairy, upright figure just off the Tay Road Bridge in 1995. He was travelling to Dundee to fill in for a night shift security cover. Mr Luke said, But when I could read in the courier, I had a similar encounter to the gentleman who reported his experience in 2005. I was driving back to Edinburgh about 8am. I was on the A92, driving south in the same rough area that he was. Nothing out of the ordinary happened. Until I came to one point. In the road and all of that suddenly changed. I can remember there was a forest on both sides of the road for me and I looked to my left to see a tall dark shape that was standing about 20 feet away in the trees and at first I thought it was a large man but then it started walking and it came towards me and I knew then that it was not a man. It must have been huge I would guess some 8 to 10 feet tall and he was really wide also it seemed. I was quite scared and confused to be honest. I put my foot down fast and I carried on driving. I wanted to get away from it as fast as possible. I was doing about 60 mile per hour and I was not going back and I was not going to look back or stop the car until he was far behind me. I was standing there and it was all dark under those trees it was very hard to see into them after they entered. I could see his shape for a second but I couldn't make out any facial detail or anything like that. Mr Luke went on to add I'm 90% sure that they are out there. I won't ever be 100% sure until I see a body or somebody captures one or we get DNA. Even seeing it with your own eyes doesn't make it seem possible. There's too many unexplained things out there. The description of the creatures, although 10 years apart, are very similar. In fact, they're almost the same. This road is very rural and it runs along the River Tay. This could be an area used by creatures who seem to move at dawn and dusk, if we look at the times mentioned by both men. Why did the creature show itself? It could have easily hidden until the car had passed and never revealed itself or its existence. This is the opposite behaviour of a large predator. They usually remain unseen until it's too late. I have heard witnesses describe a the creature they saw as being indifferent to you. Or, you know, it's as if it didn't care that I'd seen it. And those statements would seem to fit with the experience that I've shared with you tonight. I hope you enjoy tonight's podcast. I always bring you the best content that I can. Your interest and support is very important to me. I post content like this every week on all of your favourite podcast sites on YouTube. If there's an area you live in that I've not covered or mentioned anywhere in the globe, or a particular case that you would like me to cover, please just comment below and I'll add your comment into the show. If you tune into the show on YouTube, check out my Saturday Premiers, where you can access a live chat that runs alongside the video player. You can chat with me, our witnesses, and other people interested in the subjects, the same as you, from all across the globe. We are a friendly bunch, so why not join us? If you prefer to listen, just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. As I share with you a multiple, multiple personal experiences, shall we put it that way. Many of the cases will be shared publicly for the first time. Thank you to our regular listeners and to our new members who are tuning in for the first time. I'd like to thank my YouTube members and patrons. I hope you are enjoying the exclusive content and hearing the sighting reports for the first time. If you want to hear the sighting reports before they go public, then the sites to head to are listed in the description below. Have a fantastic weekend and I will catch up with you all next week. Good night, everyone.